Hello and welcome to FBC Wimberley. Uh, my name is Scott Tidwell. I'm the online campus pastor and I welcome you here to this first Sunday in April. We've been going through a series about God's faithfulness and we've been going through the book of Genesis. So today we're going to take a step out of the book of Genesis, sort of, and go into the book of Hebrews and talk about what God's faithfulness is all about. So according to the Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible, uh, faithfulness is defined as showing a strong sense of duty or conscientiousness. In the biblical Hebrew, the words faith and faithfulness are grammatically related to each other. They are both important concepts in the Old Testament, but there really is not an exact translation word from the Hebrew to the English. Uh, and so the Hebrew root that we use carries meanings like strengthen and support and hold up. In fact, in a physical sense, it really is kind of talking about pillars and things that were used in the temple. So that's kind of what we get uh, from the term faithfulness. Now, Baker's Encyclopedia goes on to talk about God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness uh, is God showing himself to be absolutely reliable. Reliable even in the face of Israel's faithlessness. God is always faithful. God is loyal to his promises, his covenants, and he will always manifest his steadfast love to his people. The pinnacle of faithfulness in the Bible is seen in the work of Jesus Christ. Jesus showed himself faithful to his Father and in his witness. God calls us to be faithful by following Christ and relying on him for all things. So go on a little journey with me today. We're going to uh, journey into the book of Hebrews. We're going to kind of do it a little bit backwards. We're going to kind of build up to that passage in Hebrews 12. And we'll end with that today, but go on this journey with me. I hope you enjoy this, and, and let's pray. God, just thank you for what we're about to do here today. God, just ask you to give me the right words to say. Uh, God, the people that are going to watch this broadcast need to hear from you, not from me. And so that I just ask that you will lay your hand on me and, and let me speak the words you want me to speak. God, thank you for the people that are so faithful to watch every week. Just ask you to bless them and wrap your arms around them in whatever particular circumstance or trial they're finding themselves in. God, our world is broken today, and we look to you to solve it. God, we're thankful for your blessings. Uh, we're thankful especially for the gift we have in Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to head off into this discussion today, and as we look into Hebrews, especially in chapter 11, there is sort of a roll call uh, in chapter 11 of the people in the Bible that were faithful uh, in, their, in their belief in God. We have uh, Enoch, we have Noah, we have Moses, we have Abraham. Just take a minute, I don't want to read uh, chapter 11 to you because it would just it would take a long time. Uh, just look through that list and look at the people who God counts as faithful in chapter 11. And then that's going to kind of segue us into where we're going. Just kind of an aside, there is a new song out. I can't remember who sings it, but if you listen to the message or the Christian channels, you'll hear the song, Crazy People. 
And the song talks about the people in the Bible that just showed crazy faith. People like Noah who built an ark in spite of the fact that no one had even seen rain. Uh, just uh, Daniel who ventured off into the lion's den in just pure faith on God. So that crazy people song is a pretty good song. Uh, and it would be a great thing to be counted as a crazy person of God uh, in believing in God. So take a listen to that. Anyway, the first thing we want to talk about a little bit today is God's faithfulness is an integral part of his nature. God's faithfulness is his nature. In Numbers 23, 19, it says, God is not a man that he might lie or a son of man that he might change his mind. Does he speak and not act or promise and not fulfill? Of course, we know that God doesn't do that. The promises of God uh, are his truth, it's his word, and those are things we can count on. In Exodus 34, 6, it says this, The Lord passed in front of them and proclaimed, The Lord is a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love and truth. Faithful love there talks about the fact that God's love for us will always be on his mind. Whether we turn away from God or not, God never turns away from us. God's love for us is, is each and every day, each and every moment, and it, it's not dependent on us looking to him. It's him looking to us and showing his love to us. The second thing to remember is God is faithful to his name and to his character. In 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. God makes promises to us in the Bible. And when we're going through times of trial or trouble, we can talk to God about the promises that he made to us. We can talk to God and say, God, you told us you would be faithful. You told me you would always be with me. And God, I know you will be. God doesn't, rem, doesn't mind us reminding him about the promises that he made to us. And we can pray those promises back. And those prayers are not reminding God about what he needs to do. They're setting our minds up for what God is about to do. So pray those, pray those promises back to God. <clears throat> In Hebrews 6, 13 and 14, it says, For when God made a promise to Abraham... Since he had no one greater to swear by, he swore by himself. I will indeed bless you, and I will greatly multiply you. In the time of Abraham, to show how serious you were about a promise you were making, you swore an oath, uh, and, you, and you kept your promise. God has told us that he will look after us, and he will always be faithful to his name and character and do that. In Hebrews 6, 18, it says, So that through two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to seize the hope before us. God wants us to know that he is for us, he is faithful, and he has a great plan for us. The third point really today is God's faithfulness is known through fulfilled promises. All throughout the Bible, there are promises that God made to people that were fulfilled in his nature and in his character. In Joshua 23, 14, I am now going the way of the whole earth, and you know with all your heart and all your soul 
that none of the good promises the Lord your God made to you has failed. Everything was fulfilled for you. Not one promise has failed. Not one promise that God makes will ever fail. It didn't fail back in the Old Testament days. It will not fail here in 2022. God's promises are rock solid, and you can count on those. There are many examples of God's faithfulness in fulfilled promises. The fatherhood of Abraham that Pastor Scott talked about a few weeks ago. God promised that Abraham would become a father uh, to a great nation, and, and that promise was fulfilled through Abraham. Uh, God promised the rebuilding of the temple, and we know that that occurred. God promised uh, the exile in Babylon, and that occurred. So God's promises are shown uh, in, many, in many situations that we can document. And that's kind of a tie back to Hebrews 11. Look through that chapter and see the promises and the things that God did and the faithfulness of the people as they responded. God's faithfulness is also revealed to the faithful. 2 Samuel 22. With the faithful, you prove yourself faithful. With the blameless, you prove yourself blameless. God is faithful, and he proves that to us, his followers. Someone that doesn't know God is going to have a hard time working through whether God's promises are faithful to them or not. Uh, because they don't know. They don't have the benefit of the Holy Spirit to help them decide and, and decipher Scripture. They're going to struggle with these things. But for the faithful, God's promises are always there and apparent uh, because He is faithful and because we are faithful to Him. Hebrews 10.23 Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, since He who promised is faithful. We can know that God is going to do for us what he says he's going to do, and that gives us hope. That gives us something to look forward to. It gives us something we can stand on. In times of trouble, it gives us something to grasp hold of. God will be faithful, and God's promises will come true. God's faithfulness is constant. It doesn't come and go. It doesn't wax and wane like a season. It doesn't act like a wind blowing through. Sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not. God's faithfulness is constant. God's faithfulness is a constant you can count on. Uh, Habakkuk 2.3 For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It testifies about the end and will not lie. Though it delays, wait for it, since it will certainly come and not be late. This was a foreshadowing that Jesus would come and a foreshadowing of what's going to come in the final tribulation times. Jesus is going to reign. Jesus is going to rescue us and bring us home to heaven with him. And, and those promises that God made are the things that we look forward to in the end times. Jesus is the ultimate evidence of God's faithfulness. Acts 13, 32 and 33. And we ourselves proclaim to you the good news of the promise that was made to our ancestors. The good news about the promise made to their ancestors. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, by raising up Jesus, as it is written in the second psalm. You are my son, today I have become your father. 
We know that God's promises come true because we know Jesus. We can see Jesus, we can feel Jesus, we can rely on Jesus, and Jesus is a promise from God, a promise that will not go away. So as we've looked through these things, what do we do with this information? What do we do with this crowd of witnesses that is discussed in chapter 11? We go uh, from chapter 11 of Hebrews into chapter 12, and this is really our basic scripture for today. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, and we of course know that when the Bible says therefore, it's therefore something. So it's referring back to the great list that occurs in chapter 11. Therefore, since we also have a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. There's some really good stuff in these two verses. Uh, there is some real meat that you can wrap yourself around in these passages. The phrase that says, having so great a cloud of witnesses, I've heard that from some preachers saying that there's a great, that all of these people, Abraham and Noah and Moses and all those people are gathered and looking down on us and look down on us every day to help us through our times. And I don't, I don't really agree with that translation. Uh, uh, many other scholars don't either. Of course, they're a lot smarter than I am. The cloud of witnesses, once we go to heaven, we're going to be preoccupied with what is going on in heaven. We're not going to really be looking down and looking back on other things. But what this passage means is that there has been a great cloud, a great gathering of people that have gone before us, people of great faith, and they, uh, they are setting the stage for us. So what does the scripture mean when it talks the, the uh, Greek word for witnesses? Witnesses in this Greek word refers to persons whose lives have been witnesses to the faith and whose faith was witnessed to us by inclusion in the scripture. Again, it does not mean spectators who look down on runners like a crowd in a stadium. So these witnesses are in heaven and they're really no longer concerned with earthly affairs. This word describes Christ as the originator of the faith that was described for us, the faith that we would get, and the faith that, he, that God talked to these Old Testament characters about. Jesus is the originator of the Christian faith in the believer. He leads the believer's faith, and he is an example for us of what can happen when we follow God's faith. And then as we go on through the passage a little bit and, and looking at some of the Greek words, uh, there is a phrase, for the joy lying before him. Jesus knew the joy that his death would accomplish. Jesus wasn't looking forward to going to the cross. Uh, Jesus was bothered, frankly, by what was going to go on on the cross. And he suffered tremendously in his human flesh. But Jesus knew that he had to go to the cross. He had to go to the cross for you and for me and for every person in the 2,000 some odd years since then. 
The phrase, having so great a cloud of witnesses, is translated with all these witnesses to the great faith in the great cloud. The phrase uh, for the joy living lying before him points out with almost complete agreement by most uh, scholars in the uh, in the commentaries that Jesus had a joy in him because he knew what his death was going to accomplish. Deep down in his soul, he was able to go to the cross because he knew what was fixing to happen. And he knew what would happen for you and for me. There is a love that a mother has for a child. It doesn't matter uh, what we do wrong. It doesn't matter when we make mistakes. Uh, it doesn't matter that we, we fail and we fall and we stumble from time to time. Our mother's love for us is almost unimaginable. Uh, think back to when you were a kid and, and maybe even you might be mad at your mom and, and things might not be going great, but then you fell and skinned your knee. Where did you go? You went right back to your mom because you knew that there was a faithful love there that was all encompassing and would never go away. That faithful love is the same love that God has for you. Today, as you're thinking through these scriptures, know God loves you. God loves you and wants the very best for you. God has a plan for you. We can't see what God's plan is. We can't see from one end to the other like he can, but know that God loves you. God wants all people to come to him, and the evidence of God's love for us is the fact that he gave his own son up for us. We're getting ready to go into the Easter season, and there are some great promises in the Easter story. Uh, Jesus did something that none of us would have done. You know, I would make a very poor Jesus, and frankly, so would you, because uh, we just wouldn't have done what Jesus did. But he did, and he did it for you, and he did it for me. Think about as you prepare your heart for this Easter season. Think about the great sacrifice that Jesus made for you. Think about what that means in your life every single day. And give thanks. Go and tell people about Jesus. Tell them about the great hope that you have because Jesus went to the cross. And tell them about the great hope you have in God's faithful love. Father God, just thank you for the opportunity today to speak to these wonderful people. And God, just thank you for the promises that you make for us. God, thank you especially as we prepare our hearts for Easter. Thank you for the, the promise and the person uh, and the life of Jesus. Uh, Jesus' life, death, birth, resurrection is the most documented event in all of history. And God, he's our, he's our Jesus. He's our Jesus that we can take hold of every single day. Without Jesus, life would be pretty tough. Uh, life right now, as, as we're living it in, to, in 2022, there's just, the world around us is just in shambles. But we can look to Jesus and know that he has it in his control. So God, just thank you for that promise. Thank you for these people that watch every week. Thank you for their heart and for their service. Thank you for everything that you do for us. In Jesus' strong name, amen. Thank you for watching today.